Next on BYU Sports Nation, an open letter to the coach. Harvey Jackson joins us live to expound on his candid words to Bronco Mendenhall. How good will Utah State football be this season? And can both quarterbacks please be healthy for the entire game? Aggies head coach Matt Wells previews the matchup. Plus, Brandon Davies wins a championship. And the latest on Dennis Pitt's return to the NFL. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, back to work live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, July 21st, wherever. However you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who pump fakes his free throws. Jerem Jordan. We just saw a summer league video of that. A guy pump faked a free throw. That is what's called illegal in the game. You can't pump fake a free throw. So everyone <laughs> went in, you know, because the NBA is, you know, a, a touch before the release. What, what prompts somebody to do that? It's summer league and you're bored. It's July, dude. Just Trying to get noticed. Sure. That guy, I don't know the guy's name, though. That got me thinking about annoying things that guys do in pickup basketball. Oh, we could talk for days. Seriously. Tonight's my tonight's my main pickup night. What's your number one pet nine, peeve? 9 p.m. at the church. Number one pet peeve in, in pickup basketball. Besides the guy that dropped the F-bomb at me last week? <laughs> that happened. Um, number one pet peeve? The guy that talks and can't play? That guy annoys me. Yeah, that, that's, that, or, yeah exactly. The, the yeah. guy that is constantly calling for the ball and can't make a shot? Yeah. It's me some nights. Are you constantly calling for the ball no. and not well, making a shot? It, listen, if we're on the break and you don't dish me the ball and it costs us, I hate turnovers too. Turning the ball over? Come on! It happens, but the consistent turnover guy. Oh, and how about this? The guy that walks the ball up the court. We're not here to, like, milk the shot clock, bro. We're here to get buckets. But after two trips up and down the court, that guy's tired. I don't know it's so much that he wants to walk let the me, ball up the let court. Let me bring it up. Let's move. We're here to get volume. You're the coach guy, aren't you? You're the coach guy. I probably am. You're the coach, the coach guy oh, on the court. Another, well, I have lots of pet peeves. I'm annoyed <laughs> easily. When someone doesn't know how to play defense well, like in the zone, it's like, no, you, oppo guard, you got to come in when the ball's on the wing. Side wing guy, you got to get out to the corner. You know what my pet peeve yeah. is? 100%. The guy that calls a foul just because he's embarrassed. Mm, yeah. And he old, gets swatted. Old people call fouls more. It's, it's come tough. Come on, it's man. Tough. It's tough. Come on. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We can headlines. talk all day about that subject. Starting with a guy who plays ball for real. Brandon Davies wraps up his Vegas Summer League with the San Antonio Spurs with a win in the Summer League Championship game. Championship! 93-90 over the Phoenix Suns. Davies played 22 minutes, had four points, eight boards, and a couple of blocks. You can get your T-shirts on... Oh, we're not promoting that? The Baltimore Sun reports the Ravens expect Dennis Pitta to begin training camp and possibly the season on the physically unable to perform list. P-U-P, the pup list. If, P- if Pitta begins the season on the pup list, he would be required to miss the first six games. If you recall, Kyle Van Noy was on that list. I don't think there's anybody that wants Dennis to get more healthy or healthy more, more than Jerem Jordan. I'll say this. He's not been dead weight on that team. <laughs> that That is it. That was awkward silence. No, it wasn't. It was fantastic. John Rothstein of CBS Sports tweeted five impact freshmen in the West Coast Conference. He named Nick Emery 
and Zach Selyus of BYU to that list. He also reports BYU will play Harvard in the first round of the Diamond Head Classic this December. Now, remember, that tournament's big time. That's in Hawaii. Listen to the list of teams in that. Uh, Hawaii, Auburn, BYU, Harvard, Harvard, New Mexico, Northern Iowa, Oklahoma, and Washington State. That's a good group. That's a B- Those are some of BYU's RPI games, that's for sure. And Adam Long went 2-4 for four with two RBIs and a run in a 6-0 win for the Tulsa Drillers against the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Throw the records out when those two get together last night. Hashtag Robert Redford. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A letter to the coach. Well, one, Coach Mendenhall, uh, he makes sure his players leave as a man. Uh, that's that's one great thing that me and my uh, parents, was, uh, that we were excited about. Uh, it has the opportunity to uh, create you as a better man and life after football. On April 23rd, Harvey Jackson revealed to us on this show why he chose BYU as a graduate transfer. He became a part of a growing trend in college football with that one year of eligibility left, looking for somewhere new to finish his football career. He left Nebraska, opted for BYU. Among the reasons he chose the Cougars, Bronco Mendenhall, which we just heard. Harvey wrote an open letter to Bronco yesterday about his experience at BYU, posted it on Facebook. What BYU and Bronco received, quite frankly, was a solid recruiting tool and a surprising take on a season that most would call a disappointment. And from a guy, Jerem, who is a non-LDS African-American athlete. And that's important. And it's, it's one dude's experience. Um, but but it's, it's good when, when an African-American who's not the LDS can come to BYU and have a great experience. Because it's, it's a unique place in many ways, and that's, that's very obvious as to what those things are. But if, he, if, if more guys like Harvey Jackson can come to BYU and have a great experience, Derwin Gray is one of those guys recently. And he tweeted uh, a picture last night of Bronco Mendenhall, sent him uh, a note thanking him for coming to Media Day. Then hopefully this can be a place where those type of players, the Cody Hoffmans, the Jamal Williams, they can come have a great experience and hopefully leverage that into a pro career or a great career in another field. We're not going to read the whole letter. We'll read a few excerpts from it, and we have tweeted it out on our BYU Sports Nation account, the the full letter from Harvey Jackson to Bronco Mendenhall in an open forum. And I open with this quote, BYU is no ordinary place. Every time I sit back and replay my senior season as a collegiate football player, I couldn't be more proud of the fact that I chose to play for Coach Bronco Mendenhall. After watching him lead our team this past year through tremendous ups and downs, I came to realize how he was not only a special football coach, but also a great man and a real-life inspiration figure. That's quite the message to, let's say, a recruit who is considering BYU and one that is in the same situation as Harvey, whether he has one year or four years, but coming from a non-LDS background. And he's from Houston, went to Nebraska, and chose to go somewhere else, and he chose BYU. It had no connection that I know of to BYU, yet he comes to BYU and has a great experience. Now, I don't know the upbringing of Harvey Jackson, but regardless of where you're from, uh, especially outside of Utah and probably Idaho, coming to BYU is going to be a different type of experience. The te- Hopefully the chemistry on BYU's team is different than any other team in the country because BYU, self-proclaimed, has a higher purpose in football. They don't do firesides to, for fun. 
They do it because, because there's a purpose, because they can motivate and inspire and encourage youth and other people to be better. And, and yes, the most important thing and the reason for BYU football's main existence is to win so that you get noticed and to avoid trouble. In fact, to do good, to go about doing good. And in this case, from Harvey Jackson, he saw that this program was something different. And hopefully that yields uh, great experiences for the individuals. And to me, most importantly, wins and wins the right way. He specifically referenced the diversity of the football team and the challenge it is to manage that. And again, I quote, our football team are full of young men from totally different backgrounds, culture, life settings, attitudes, athleticism, and also age ranges. While losing our rising star quarterback, Taysom Hill, Coach Mendenhall somehow acted urgently and specifically, but also calmly and respectfully. Keep in mind, Harvey's coming from Nebraska, where he was under Bo Pelini, who is very different than Bronco Mendenhall. And going back to Everyone's what, different than Bronco Mendenhall, man. Everyone's probably he's, different he's than u- Bo Pelini, too. He's unique. There are more Bo Pelinis than there are Bronco Mendenhalls in college football. He leads into the consistency of Bronco. He used the words I just read, calmly and respectfully. And this is the last thing I'll read. Understand that I consider myself a realist, and it was really inspiring viewing Coach Mendenhall strategically take control of his whole football team, which at the time were a group of lost and hurt individuals. How telling is that? Oh, yeah. They're 4-0. They're ranked 18th. They have the highest percentage of chance of going undefeated. They're the non-P5 you know, darlings, blah, blah, blah. Everything was going perfectly, right? Perfectly. Then he calls 4-4 four and four a nightmare. It became a nightmare in the matter of seconds. It was weird because, again, I'm quoting Harvey, I expected something totally different. Returning players saw it as the norm while I was confused, waiting on the breakdown. But it never happened. Coach Mendenhall didn't flinch, sweat, budge, or point the finger, or at least not in front of us players. And through the midst of it all, he was still teaching us life fundamentals and what it takes to be a man by staying organized, focused, fearless, and ready. Now, here are my thoughts related to that. So Bronco Mendenhall takes a warrior mindset. That's part of why Frank Wintrick wanted to come to BYU, because he likes the way that Bronco Mendenhall lives his life, his attitude, the way he treats programs and systems and people, right? The warrior attitude uh, tends to be pretty even-keeled, right? I'm not going to get too high. I'm not going to get too low. I personally would like Bronco Mendenhall to be more to exaggerate those emotions more. Boise State, he does that happy dance, right? He throws his hat into the stands right next to you after he's. I want to see more of that. I actually want to see him get mad. But Bronco Mendenhall has taken the route of, I'm going to make sure I'm the key figure. I'm the foundation. I'm the rock for this program, so that if they do lose four in a row, they can look at me and hopefully find uh, find some kind of ground uh, to stand on until it gets better. And in this case, Harvey Jackson was shocked that that happened because I, I bet you he's played in high school and college and seen the other way. Nick Saban gets really mad. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach. Bronco isn't a good coach just because he's Calm. Uh, calm. That's just his style, right? I actually want to see him get a little more uh, extreme on the edges. Yeah, we like that. And perhaps we like it a lot when he does do that because it is not the norm. So when he does something extravagant, we make a big deal about it. But I think his consistency, which Harvey references in a number of ways in this letter, probably goes overlooked. I think we take it for granted. 
as fans and supporters of BYU. What part of his his emotional consistency? Absolutely. I I want I want more variety because I want to see that he's happy. Sometimes I can't tell if he's happy. Like he, he you just want to do the we have business and we're going to do it. Sometimes I'm bored by that, but that's the way that Bronco Mendenhall has chosen to to be. It's how he approaches his winning and his adversity, and he's faced his fair share of the adverse as the BYU head coach and rallied. Go back to 2005. So 2014 wasn't the only time he had been in a really tough situation. 2005, BYU's 1-3 on the road at New Mexico in danger of missing a bowl game for a fifth consecutive or fourth consecutive season. He somehow finds a way to rally his troops in New Mexico. They win enough games, they get the to a Matt bowl game. Allen yes, totally. In 2010, BYU's 1-4. They've lost four straight. Takes over the defense after the Utah State debacle. Isn't it interesting that 2010 and 14? Both Utah State. There were four-game losing streaks. There was Utah State. And do you know who the defensive play caller was? Not Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting point. There's probably something to that. So he takes over, gets his team to a bowl game in 2010. They win and finish the season with a winning record. 2014, 4-4, the nightmare that Harvey just referenced. They win four straight, including the regular season finale. Huge emotion comes out in Berkeley after that win over California. So what we learned from this is that if BYU loses to Utah State, look out. <laughs> that's, that's what <laughs> that's happened. That's the abstract that's, thought That there. season, there's just major disaster. And we're going to talk to head coach Matt Wells of Utah State and get to know their team a little bit um, coming up in the show. But to Broncos' credit, he has faced something that doesn't happen very often in BYU football history and overcome. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Two. BYU has two four-game losing streaks the past 21 seasons. It is so rare. You have to go back to 93 to get the third losing season. Only two last 21 years, both under Bronco Mendenhall. Our Twitter question today, what is your reaction to the Harvey Jackson letter to Bronco Mendenhall? Let's get a tweet or two in. It's Twitter time. At Twiggier Stone, I was not surprised. Bronco has proven that he is the kind of coach that understands how to guide a football team. Now, now as a man and as a mentor and as a leader, Bronco Mendenhall is really, really good at this. You can look at his overall record and say he's a really good football coach too. Three eight-win seasons in a row isn't screaming fantastic in terms of wins, but you look at the overall record, Bronco Mendenhall's got some spin. The conversation always happening on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Up next, the man tasked with taking the Utah State Aggies to new heights is head coach Matt Wells. He joins the program again next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand. You can download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. You can watch it on BYUSN.com. Joining us shortly will be the head coach of Utah State football, Matt Wells. We are previewing each and every one of the BYU opponents to prepare for the 2015 season. Always nice to get one of the opposing head ball coaches on, especially Matt Wells. This is actually his, going to be his third visit to the show. And, and we, the last time he came on was somewhat memorable, related <laughs> to somebody possibly redshirting and a BYU player breaking that news. I don't know if anyone remembers that. NFL.com certainly did that day. Remington Peck dropped a bomb on us on the phone <laughs> that Chucky Keaton was going to redshirt, and we were like, what? what? That was the day before. 
Yeah. Or was that on Monday? And then on, I believe on Wednesday, we had Coach We had Wells him on, on a couple of days later and, uh, and <laughs> talked to him about that. That's good stuff. Our Twitter question today while we wait for Coach Wells is, what is your reaction to the Harvey Jackson letter to Bronco Mendenhall? We just profiled that. You can download the podcast and listen to the entire first segment highlighting some of the more interesting things that came out in that letter. At R. Greenhaw says, I love Harvey, and it verifies what several of us know, but others need to understand. Bronco is a phenomenal coach, albeit he takes a different approach, Jerem. His is a very unique approach, but it, in this instance, it paid off with Harvey Jackson. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that Harvey Jackson had a great experience. That's the hope is that you can bring in people that aren't. Harvey Jackson's not your typical BYU guy, but he became a guy that appreciated what happened here. And I think, I think people expected a lot out of Harvey. This guy at Nebraska coming to BYU, I think people thought maybe he would have a better season than he did. So, and for himself, probably too. So for him to have a positive experience, despite maybe not living up to perceived expectations, he was a good nickelback that BYU used effectively last season. Yeah, if I'm a guy that's being recruited by BYU, I'm hoping that the coaches in Provo are showing them that letter, especially those that are of non-LDS background. Joining BYU Sports Nation right now to begin our preview of the 2015 Cougar football opponents is Matt Wells, Utah State head football coach, entering his third season and making his third appearance on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, Coach. (laughs) Appreciate y'all still having me on. <laughs> you got it. Hey, listen, we have a tendency of breaking Utah State news on this program sometimes. You uh, do. But Zach Nyborg isn't here anymore, Coach. So if you Apparently want, you're not breaking any more news. Then, huh? <laughs> if you want, if you want to break anything, apparently you're the guy that's going to have to do it on this program. We're good. I'm sure y'all still have Nyborg's cell phone, though. <laughs> it's true. We do have that. Thirty wins for Utah State football in the last three years. Certainly impressive. So what's the next step for Utah State football, Coach? Uh, I think the the next step is a very simple answer, but it's a very hard thing to do, Is and it's hard. But you got to reestablish, to me, your culture each and every year, whether it's in the, soft, in, in the, in the off season or it's in the summer. How are we going to continue to be as a program? Because it, it's my belief that the first time you, you say, you know what, we got it, we've arrived, you're going to get your butt kicked. And you're going to get your butt embarrassed. And the other thing is, and I don't know this. I, I should probably look it up, guys. But I mean, there's so much turnover. I mean, you got turnover in your team. You know, whether it's uh, graduation, NFL. You've got uh, maybe some dismissals. You got injuries. You've got you know walk-ons turning over. You know what I'm saying? You've got a I, I don't know 20 percent, 25 percent, 25 percent of your team. Um, Turning over each and every year, give or take a little bit, but you got to. To me, you got to reestablish who you are as a program and your culture, how we practice, how we prepare to win, to even you give yourself a chance to win on game day. I just think that that's so important. That to me is always the next step in this program. Now, don't get me wrong. There's facilities things that we still want to do, and and budget wise, and some things that you always want to expand, and and things like that. But that's always on the forefront of my mind, which to me is the most important thing. Speaking of expansion, what is Maverick Stadium looking like and what can fans of BYU and Utah State on that November 28th game expect? Well, it, it looks a little different. The press box is gone. <laughs> I'm looking out the window right now, and there's construction. You know, they've taken, obviously, all the whole press box is gone. We'll have a temporary press box during this season, so that'll look a little different. You know, over on the east side, way above the student section will be temporary press boxes. And, um, 
some of the stands at the top, the first, I don't know, 10 rows or so have, have been taken out, so it's a little shorter on that side, and putting some chair backs in on the on the edges over there on the west side. and You know, in uh, 2016, it's going to look really nice with the brand-new press box and video boards and all that kind of good stuff. So just going through a little bit of uh, – of of the um, renovation, which is good. These these uh, crews are working their tails off right now. With the new renovations in place, and with you staring down a regular season finale against BYU on November twenty eighth, how do you feel about that game to close out the regular season with an in state rival? Um, well, I'm almost I'm almost staying right on the fence on this one because I've really got mixed feelings without even ever gone through it. You know, and I don't want to act like a veteran head coach that says, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, I, I know how to do this. You have a big rivalry game, an in-state rivalry game, which no question um, our Utah State Aggies will be uh, fired up to play and no question they'll be very, very motivated to play. Um, that's a rivalry type of weekend. You know, when you go back and you look at traditional college football, you know, myself growing up in Oklahoma, it was – OU Nebraska that last weekend or OU Oklahoma State that last weekend. You know, you always got an Auburn-Alabama Iron Bowl. You got Florida-Florida State. Kind of back in the day, you know, you've had that traditional rivalry, which I think is cool. And I think it's cool for this in-state. There's a lot of in-state players on both sides, uh, families and Thanksgiving and being able to get to, to either venue I think is really neat. But on the other hand, it could create a little bit of an interesting thing with us since we're in a conference with the Mountain West and and where does that lie, um, you know, as far as, you know, you're kind of waiting on other games to be decided. The Mountain Division champion's gone down to last weekend for the last two week, two years in a row uh, for us. And so that, you know, our game will be maybe – our stuff will be decided the week before, and we may be – I'm just saying it'll be an interesting scenario for us that I don't – I've never gone through it, so I'm not going to act like I have. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because context will play a huge factor. It's always going to be a big game for these two programs, but if you've won a division or something, uh, you know, that, that game is affected in some way that way. But I wanted to ask you how program expectations have evolved over the past four or five years for Utah State. Well, I think the expectations continue to rise. It's a good thing. Um, that's the only way that I would want them around here. I promise you this, though, guys, that – the expectations outside the lob complex, whether it's fans, media, alumni, they're never as high as inside the complex. I promise you that. We put more pressure on us, on ourselves, uh, than anybody else could place on us. But the expectations to um, to compete for a Mountain West championship in the month of November, uh, we've done it two straight years, and it's gone down to the last weekend. We got the, in the big game two years ago, we got beat in the last weekend last year. We put ourselves in a chance to compete. In the month of November, graduate our kids on time or early uh, for six straight years. Those are the two goals of this program every single year. And as long as we continue to meet those goals and to compete, um, then um, then I think that we'll be uh, happy where we are. Maybe not satisfied, you know, maybe not fully satisfied because you want I want the the Mountain West Championship Trophy to be in this complex. Matt Wells in his third season now as the Utah State head coach, 2013 Mountain West Conference Coach of the Year back on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at some of your big-time conference foes, obviously Boise State comes to the top because they're kind of the flag bearers and have been for a while, whether it be in the WAC or the Mountain West. That's going to be a rivalry game for understandable reasons. When you compare the two rivalries between Boise State and BYU, which one do you feel carries more weight right now for the Aggie program? It's depending on who we play in that week. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, BYU will always be a big-time in-state rival for us, you know, and 
whether it's the whole little brother thing, and I get that. People in my neighborhood say that to me that are BYU alums, and I get that totally. But you know, our guys will get fired up. Our guys will be ready to play that game, I promise you. Um, be, uh, the Boise State game that you mentioned, okay, the bottom line is the road to the Mountain West Championship goes through Boise. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And that's the that's the, they're the gold standard right now in this conference. I don't mind saying that. That's who we're chasing. We're going to go get them someday. And that'll always be a big game for Utah State. You know, we play Utah. That's going to be a big in-state rivalry for our guys. Our guys will be ready to play that game too. So I think you, you have several here at Utah State. Um, and it, whether it's your, your in-state rivals of Utah and BYU and the, the programs that those um, two coaches, Coach Whittingham, Coach Mendenhall, have done to establish over their decade of being a head coach, or I think um, the uh, I think it goes without saying that we have a lot of respect for those two programs. But then within the Mountain West, you have you know some natural rivalries that are starting to continue, you know, and, and maybe come back for Utah State over the years, the Wyoming and the Colorado State rivalries too. Let's rewind to the night of Saturday, September 20th. You, you just lose a tough game against Arkansas State in overtime. You have a bye week, and then you have BYU. What is it that you saw, you saw strategically that you could take advantage of against BYU, who at the time had all the national headlines as a non-P5 darling? Well, first of all, that night I wasn't thinking about BYU anything. I was trying to get off the turf after getting our butt knocked down, to be honest with you. That was a... <laughs> It was embarrassing. It was gut-wrenching. We had chances to win it at the last play of the game uh, twice. Um, had red zone turnovers early in the game that always come back to haunt you. We had um, those right before halftime. Just didn't play well. And, you know, I think the the bye week at that time allowed us to heal up a little bit, probably heal, um, you know, mentally and physically both and uh, to be ready for that Friday night game the, the week after against BYU. And, we knew it would be a very, very physical game, and um, maybe it came at a good time for us last year. Were you trying to go deep over the top of the secondary because that seemed like it worked perfectly, in that, especially in the first half? Well, I, I, quite honestly, I think we try to go deep over every secondary or we <laughs> uh, at least tempt to. I think that's part of our personality. We're going to be aggressive offensively, and we're going to try to stretch the field vertically, number one, always. Um, but to say that you thought it was going to happen like that? No, absolutely not. It just ended up happening that way a couple times, I guess. But, uh, you know, um, Hunter and Devontae both had some good games. They both played well that day at receiver. And, and um, you know, I was happy for those guys. But, you know, I, I just think our our philosophy from an offensive standpoint will always be to be able to be, <clears throat> excuse me, very aggressive down the field vertically whether it's you know a drop-back game or it's a play-action schemed-up shots, um, we're going to always try to do that. Utah State head coach Matt Wells with us. Two years ago you told us it was Kyle Van Noy at BYU making you lose some sleep. Last year it was Alani Fua. Who's the guy you worry about Bronson stopping Kifusi. this year? Bronson uh, I mean, you got to think twice about it. That's, uh, that's a grown man right there. Um, very, very talented, uh, very smart football player. Um, I bet he's fun to coach. Um, I would assume he's got great practice habits. Uh, that kid is um, he's grown up. I've seen it firsthand, you know, as an opponent coach. Um, a lot of respect for Bronson. Uh, some good guys around him, but you want to single out one that, you know, just like Alani and just like Kyle from two years ago, but I think Bronson's the guy on that defense that, um, you know, they're, they're going to build around. 
What in the world do we need to do to make sure Chucky and Taysom are healthy and playing in this game, Coach, and make it through the whole game? Well, let's hope they both get to that game. It'll be a fun weekend. Uh, they're both tremendous um, competitors, tremendous quarterbacks, um, great young men, um, face of both programs. And um, let's, let's hope they get to that game. It'll be a, be a tremendous game for both of them to be in. Let's uh, maybe say a collective prayer that uh, it will be at least 30 degrees for that game as well. <laughs> it could be 3 or 30, couldn't it, here in Logan? <laughs> Who knows, November 28th, man. That it could. Yeah. Hey, Coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, we wish you the best okay. of luck and congratulations on the sustained success that Utah State is having. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to have the upcoming season. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me on. I sure appreciate it. Coach Matt Wells of Utah State. Boy, he didn't hesitate. Who's it? Bronze Kafusi. I'm a little disappointed we didn't break any news, but besides that, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> we'll work on that. We need to contact even... Zach Nyborg and see what he can find out for us. Like, we need Remington Peck to tell us, like, oh, Nick Vigil's going to redshirt this year. What? No. Yeah, how about Is Nick, Nick Vigil still a running back? Running That's one back question against BYU? we didn't Because that was like. We'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the bit, that was one of the big surprises in that game. All of a sudden, their linebacker is a running back, and he's an effective fir- one at he's that. First downs. He averaged like six yards a carry. Jeez. Up next, the man who authored the now famous open letter to Bronco Mendenhall. It's Harvey Jackson back on BYU Sports Nation. Harvey Jackson. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club. Supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes, welcome to the club. Get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag, people. Go to BYUstore.com, search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles to get your own pair or a BYU Sports Nation t-shirt. Check it out. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Brandon Davies, an NBA Summer League champion with the Spurs in a win over the Suns. Davies played 22 minutes, had four points, eight rebounds, and a couple of blocks. Baltimore Sun reports the Ravens expect Dennis Pitta to begin training camp and possibly the season on the physically unable to perform list. If Pitta begins the season on the pup list, he would be required to miss the first six games. John Rothstein of CBS Sports named Nick Emery and Zach Selyus two of five impact freshmen in the West Coast Conference. He also reports BYU will open against Harvard in the first round of the Diamond Head Classic this December in Hawaii. By finishing RPI, BYU is the third highest RPI of those eight teams in that, interestingly. Behind Oklahoma. Northern Iowa. And Oklahoma. Was it Oklahoma? I think so. I can't remember. Adam Long went 2-4 and with two RBIs and a run and a 6-0 win for the Tulsa Drillers. I know everyone's got their uh, T-shirt of the Tulsa Drillers. Against the Northwest Arkansas Naturals last night. Joining BYU Sports Nation, our second guest of the day, and the man who penned the open letter to Bronco Mendenhall and posted it to Facebook yesterday for all of BYU Sports Nation to read and for most of what I assume really enjoy. Harvey Jackson with us. Harvey, what is life like for you after college football? Ah, man, life is good. I feel real good. You know, I feel like I'm ready to take on the world. You know, all possible things is coming to me. We know you worked out with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, are you still pursuing a football career at this point? Uh, yes, I am. You know, I'm training very hard. You know, my uh, my agent doing his part. You know, but in the meantime, I'm also looking uh, looking to other other opportunities that may come my way. I have a, I got a lot of talent and skills, and I'm aware of a lot of different things. So I'm just being open minded and being ready for for the next uh, opportunity. You just let BYU Sports Nation know how we can help you in that pursuit, Harvey, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, we'll do. 
Let's talk about your letter yesterday to Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, It caught fire across BYU Sports Nation for good reason. Uh, There were a lot of really good things and interesting things that you wrote in there. What prompted you to write that letter and post it to Facebook? Uh, You know, first, uh, I I wasn't expecting it to, like, get as much attention as it did. You know, I was just, uh, you know, I usually just be sitting down thinking and, uh, and writing sometimes and, you know, it was three reasons why, like, I, I wrote on it, and it was basically, like, just to give appreciation and also just to have people aware of uh, a great guy Coach Mendenhall is in uh, BYU, you know, also so I can always just go back to it and refer, like, whatever point I am, I am in life, just go back to it and, and just remember, like, the lessons that I learned as far as, like, you can be up at one time and then you might take a downturn and then, you know, you keep working hard and make adjustments and, and, you know, do the right things, you know, you can come back up again. So I, I took, like, a greater a greater lesson from what I went through uh, at BYU, and, you know, and I, and I put it on paper just so I can always, you know, go back to it and, and such and so. Harvey, what did you expect your experience to be at BYU? Uh, what did you expect it to be like? And then what, what happened? Uh, you know, I was very open, you know, uh, Coach Howell. Coach Howell got in contact with me, you know, talked to me, you know, showed me around, told me about the place. And, you know, and before that, I, I knew uh, very little of BYU, and uh, I'm glad I was very open-minded uh, going out there because it happened to be a good thing and it happened to be a good thing, and, you know, I'm glad I made that choice. Harvey Jackson with us on BYU Sports Nation, transferred from Nebraska for his final year to play football at BYU in the 2014 season. During the 2014 campaign, Harvey, you specifically mentioned the four-game losing streak. You called it a nightmare situation and then referenced Bronco mm-hmm. Mendenhall and what he did in that situation. What? Why were you expecting a meltdown from Coach Mendenhall at that point? I want to say I was expecting a, uh, a meltdown. I was expecting him – I was expecting, like, a different a different, uh, different way of handling it, you know, we all know that's coaches' uh, livelihood, and you know we losing to teams that that we shouldn't really lose to, and we wasn't like thinking of losing to. So, me as a player, I was frustrated. So you you would think that the coach would be like frustrated, or showing his frustration as well, but it didn't happen like that. You know he, you know yeah, you, you got to think about what has coach been through that way he can just handle this situation so good. So you know he he handled it so the right uh the right demeanor character kept teaching us, you know and we we got that that vibe from him that it's gonna be all right. It wasn't you know, a lot of finger pointing and stuff. So I, I think the way he handled it, the way he went about it, is what what ultimately got the whole the whole team together and we went forward. I want to go there a little more. So after the Boise State loss, you've lost four in a row. Take us into the room and describe what that conversation is like and the mm-hmm. attitude and the mannerisms from Coach Mendenhall if, I, if I'm a player sitting in that room. If you're in a player sitting in the room, yeah, we, we all confused. We all hurt, especially losing after uh, the Boise State game. Uh, nobody expected it to go that way. As you know, um, you sitting in the room, then Coach Mendenhall comes in and, you know, he just shakes his head and, you know, he goes about how he would how he would do it if we would have won a game. We talked about the bad. We talked about the good stuff first, went on to the bad things, so we can do better, and, you know. And then, you know, we all have to, like, sit there and reflect, like, what is it that we're not doing right, this and that. 
And, you know, and of course, you know, he has to do different uh, different strategies as far as on the field and, you know, methods of the playbook and all. But through the midst of it all, you know, he kept he kept teaching us, and, you know, it, it all stayed it all stayed the same. It wasn't no finger playing. The, the, it wasn't no finger pointing. The, the players stayed together. So after that, I mean, I think we all came together and realized we still could be great, and that's what happened. So then fast forward four more games. You win the next four. You beat Cal in somewhat dramatic fashion. Describe that experience in the locker room with Coach Mendenhall, which I imagine was very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, what, what a, lot of, a lot of people probably don't realize, like, uh, they just watch the game. To us, that, that, that Cal game was like a championship because we, we was up as far as we could possibly win our whole schedule, win every game, and then we fell – face flat, you know, we was down for a moment. And then we go into Cal House, you know, they ready, they hungry, really hungry. They want to get to a bowl game. And then we the underdog. And then that's our really next big our next big test for ourselves. Then we had to the 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 how how it all set up, we have to rebuild a team mid season with a new with a new quarterback. I mean, I love Stewart, but he didn't have the confidence and athletic ability that uh, Taysom Hill had at the time. So we had to rebuild a team strong with the heart and pride and also, uh, you know, the new identity. So for us to do that in the middle of the season and then play a team like Cal at their house with a, with a good offense like they had, that showed, that showed a lot of resilience. That showed a lot of, a lot of pride on our behalf. So that was like our championship. It was real crazy in the locker room. <laughs> I'm glad I was a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> it looked crazy. Man. We've seen we've seen a few images, and it, it looked like a party for sure. Harvey Jackson with us yeah. on BYU Sports Nation. Harvey, uh, when you look at the ups and downs, um, talked about starting four zero, then losing four straight, then winning four straight. You just dubbed the Cal game kind of your championship to close out the regular season, and then go into the bowl game on a high note. When you look back at all of it. What will you take away as your number one learned lesson from coming to BYU and playing last season with the Cougars? Number one, and I'm not going to say uh, never give up, work hard. And I'm, I'm going to use like Coach Howell's terms. And you got to take what you want in this freaking world, or or you're going to watch it get took. And that's pretty much how we how we did and how we and how we went about it. You know, we was watching it get took from us, and then we realized, like, we really we really could do what we want to do. We just got to come together, and we started taking Ws. We started taking wins. So, I mean, that's what I learned. You got to take what you want, you know, and work hard toward getting it. When did you realize BYU was a different place? Uh, so I realized that from, from when I first started getting recruited. And, uh, and Coach Howell explained to me, Everything and this and that, and, you know, I was open-minded to going out there, and I was like, you know, this is a different place. You know, I kind of like it. You know, the whole place clean, the scenery. You know, we got mountains out there. We don't really have mountains out here in Texas, so that, that was something new for me. So it was pretty good. Harvey, BYU opens the season at Nebraska on September 5th in Lincoln, a place you know a thing or two about after spending a good deal of time there playing for the Huskers. If you could give BYU a pregame pep talk before they take on Nebraska and try and end a three-decade-long season-opening win streak, what would you say to the Cougar football team? And 
trust everything Coach Mendenhall tell you, trust everything your coaches tell you, you know, and go out there and work hard. You know, it's not going to come easy. We all know that. But you got what it takes, and, you know, because Mendenhall going to instill everything that you need to know. Only thing you got to do is trust the game plan, trust in yourself, keep going, and, you know, and believe in those around you. You know, and like always, you know, whoever wanted the most, whoever hungry the most, that's who's going to win. That's who's going to get it. You just got to ask yourself, do you want it? That's what I would tell the Cougars. I want it. I'm ready. <laughs> Har- Harvey. Hey, man, I, can, I, can hear, I can hear it in your voice. You ready, man? Let's go. Um, hashtag this is why. What, uh, are you going to be conflicted on September 5th? Man, I'm an innocent bystander. I just I just want to be there. I'm a any way possible. I'm gonna try to get, huh? Are you gonna I, go? Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm, I, I want to go. I'm gonna do my best to make it. I'm, I'm gonna have to be there. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say now I'm gonna be there, and I, and now I'm gonna make it happen. Cause I have go. to be there. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I'm an innocent bystander, man. I, I got I know uh, I know a handful of uh, guys in Nebraska. You know. Uh, I think the last class coming up, they should be uh, they should be seniors now. And I know a great a great uh, hand of them. I know they work hard. I know they prepare hard, and I know they hard set. You know, and I already know what Coach Menhard doing with the guys over here. I know pretty much the whole team at BYU, and I know they hard set, and I know they're capable. Of. So it's gonna be real interesting. And then BYU going to Nebraska, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real great atmosphere. You know, I'm excited about it. Harvey, great stuff. Uh, we appreciate the insight into that open letter to Bronco Mendenhall. Always great to talk to you, man. Uh, yes, sir, man. Same here. Harvey Jackson on BYU Sports Nation, still pursuing a professional football career, but reflecting in what he said was, I wanted to put it on paper so that I always have something to go back to so that I remember this. I thought that was very insightful. He And he bought into what the, he said, trust the coaches. Trust Bronco Mendenhall. Work hard. All these simple principles that are taught, and it makes me think: how how many of the guys are buying in uh, to that degree? And if all did, what would happen? We also know what Harvey wants to be doing on September fifth. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Forty-six days. It's okay. It's really close. It's happening. Okay, we've we've done this for what seven months now. We have gone over 200. It's the month after the month. Over 200 days in the countdown. What a joke. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing What here? are we doing? We ask that to ourselves every day. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation. And welcome to the club. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we discuss surviving a shark attack... <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> as we play hashtag this, you're going to punch me in the face if you're not careful. What are you talking about? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the studio Bizzle. If you missed Utah State head coach Matt Wells and former BYU safety Harvey Jackson, Go to YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports to check that out and all of the interviews on this program. <laughs> the, the program, P-R-O-G-R-U-M. Program. Program. Our Twitter question today, 
What is your reaction to the Harvey Jackson letter to Bronco Mendenhall? At At Ethan Ellington says, it's a testimony of the leadership of Bronco Mendenhall. And he kept going back to that when we were talking to him just a few minutes ago. Was trust Bronco Mendenhall. Trust what he tells you. Buy into it and good things will happen. Simple things. It's time to play Hashtag This. BYU Sports Nation says Hashtag This. We haven't done this for a very long time. Yeah. What ha- what's going on? I don't know. So that's why we're doing it today. Hashtag lame. We are going to throw out some one-liners to which Jeremy and I will apply our most relevant and favorite hashtags. Number one. Hashtag this. Harvey Jackson's open letter. Hashtag recruiting goldmine. Hmm. If I am Garrett 2J or Nick Howell, or Guy Holiday, or Jason Beck, or Kelly Papinga, or any of those assistants out on the recruiting trail, especially with the non-LDS, diverse crowd that's looking at BYU like, okay, I'm going to take a look. I am carrying that letter with me. And they're going after more of these guys, so I say hashtag sincere. That was a heartfelt, open letter, post-career for Harvey Jackson. Really grateful for that experience. Hopefully it is a positive thing that's used... uh, with, you know, recruits of a similar background. Number two. Hashtag this. Brandon Davies, Summer League champion. Hashtag where is Jimmer? I, 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 I was thinking about Brandon Davies, and I'm like, what, what's going on with Jimmer? No free agent contract yet. I, I'm where starting to Jimmer get concerned Fredette? that he's not in the NBA anymore. And congratulations to Brandon and the San Antonio Spurs Summer League Brandon team. wins a championship, and all you can think about is Jameer. But can you blame me? <laughs> Hashtag where is Jimmer? Hashtag what's that like? I've forgotten what championship basketball feels like. It's time for BYU to take it from Gonzaga and win a title and cut down a net and have a trophy. I miss that. It's been four seasons. Make it five at the end of next year. Number three. Hashtag this. McMahon's Hell Mary beating the play. Hashtag long overdue credit. For a very long time, I think that the the McMahon Hell Mary pass to Clay Brown went overlooked because it was Early on in television broadcasts. Now, hold on. Credit? It's just Twitter voting. There's no, there's no perception of better I play. It's do just not people care. tweeting. Any credit off-season championship. Another <laughs> off-season championship for BYU on the way. Eight but, years running. But in all seriousness, it's taking on the Flutie Hail Mary pass. I think this Hail Mary is way more spectacular than the Flutie. But it's Doug Flutie. And it's twi- but it's Twitter. So but hash- it's Jim McMahon. So hashtag population advantage. Let's go BYU. Number four. Hashtag this, getting attacked by a shark on live TV. I'll go first. Hashtag, I ain't swimming in the ocean anytime soon. <laughs> After watching that, I was like, oh my goodness. You know the people that watch Jaws in a pool at an apartment complex or something? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that anytime soon. What was his name? Uh, Mick dude? Fanning. Yes. Hashtag Mick Fanning, please be my friend. <laughs> I want that guy in my corner. Oh, he's, my goodness. He's elbowing the shark. and I mean, he he punched the shark. He what else punched, are you going to do in that moment? the Boom! shark. <laughs> Who punches a shark and then it swims away? If it's, if it's Ole Miss, I punch the yeah. land sharks. Kyle Vanoy punched the land sharks. Don't don't come eleven. Ne- don't come near me with that fin, Dobie. <laughs> Sweet Dobie. <laughs> <laughs> BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Live with it.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the association. Brandon Davies had four points, eight rebounds, and two blocks for Los Spurs as they won the Summer League Championship over the Suns. Jen Hampson and the LA Sparks played the Phoenix Mercury tonight, 11 Eastern on ESPN2. Cougars in the NFL. Former tight end at BYU, Dennis Pitta, All-American, expected to begin training camp and possibly the upcoming season on the physically unable to perform list with the Baltimore Ravens. This would cause him to miss the first six games of the year if he is on the pup list. Men's basketball. John Rothstein of CVSSports.com names five impact West Coast Conference freshmen for the coming season. Nick Emery and Zach Selyus made the list. Also, he reports that BYU will open up with Harvard Habit in the Diamond Head Classic in Hawaii this December. Baseball. Adam Waugh, two for four with a run and a couple of runs batted in as the Tulsa Drillers routed the Northwest Arkansas Naturals 6 nothing. Men's volleyball. Benjamin Patch and Team USA continue Pan American Games competition. The U.S. plays Canada at 7 Eastern on Watch ESPN. Football. An Elite Eight for Jim McMahon's Hail Mary from the 1980 Holiday Bowl. It beat out Cal's The Play. Yeah, that play. The man is on the field. The band. In NFL.com's contest to decide the greatest college football play of all time, McMahon currently leads 93% to 7% over Boston College's Hale Flutie. Future guest, Tom Fornelli of CBSSports.com. We mentioned him, uh, put BYU in the top five most disrespected teams in college football. And Tyler Hawes in studio tomorrow. Plus, we have some shoes of Tyler. Plus, Paul, Paul Lasique Thursday, and then Friday, Brian Keel, of course. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to the champion, Jerem, Brandon Davis. Brandon Davis. Davies. With the San Antonio Spurs, NBA Summer League champs. Uh, female coach. Becky Hammond, an assistant with Spurs. Yeah, how about coach that? that? How about that? That's, that's never happened. Nice job, Becky League. Hammond, as well. Let's get to our elite tweet of the day. In response to this question, what is your reaction to the Harvey Jackson letter to Bronco Mendenhall? At jmort 7 says, Harvey Jackson's experience is why I'm a huge BYU and Coach Mendenhall fan. Hashtag this is why. Hashtag elite. Booyah, Grandma. Thanks to Harvey Jackson, Matt Wells, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. The show on demand on BYUSN.com, the audio podcast on iTunes, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Steve Clements going back to 92. Nice. BYU Sports Station back at it at noon Easter tomorrow. The best.